you need to worry about these things. You need to watch them. And again, these things cannot be done in hindsight. They have to be done right from the start. That way, when something happens, you know about it immediately. Because the thing that we need to understand about our system today is as the company grows, the system grows more and more complex. And when the system is more complex, you can't know what's happening in it. We have to monitor things right from the beginning. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, Head of Developer Relations at Achilles, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. Welcome back, everybody, to the DevSec for Scale podcast. I'm Jeremy Hess, head of developer relations at Achilles. Uh, great to have everyone back again. and. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Dan Yelovich. He is Chief DevOps Architect at Develi, uh, really cool a consulting company for uh, DevOps in general, uh, and many companies going through these digital transformations and things like that. He's also a co-organizer of StatsCraft, which is a monitoring conference, a local conference here in Israel. So that's really cool, and it's coming up very soon. Um, but as of the time you're listening to this, it may already be over. Uh, so Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Before we get into more about you and the company and what you do, uh, can you give us you know, a story, a crazy-ish story about some security oopsie that one of your clients had uh, with, you know, in your work here at, at Develip? Uh, yeah, uh, well, an oopsie is a, is a fun term to, to say. I won't say it's the craziest uh, story that I saw, but the way they behaved around the, the, the incident is going to be amazing. So what happened is that the company asked us to move their applications to Kubernetes, you know, the same way everybody does these days. And as part of the migration, we wanted to check how they work with databases and things like that. So we just asked one of the developers, um, hey, where is the database? How do I access it? And they just gave me a public URL where they stored the IP of the database the administrator username, the password, everything that you needed to access it. And again, this is not a company in the seed stages or something. They had real customers. These customers had production information in the database. And they just gave this access freely to everybody who wanted. And hopefully, and they were hoping that nobody had malicious intent about it. Again, I don't think it's the biggest security breach there is, but the way they behave, like this is completely normal was completely crazy to me. <laughs> and I remember to this day when I was asking, are you for real with this? And, uh, <laughs> wow, was... well, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit more about how to repair something <laughs> such as that. But uh, before we do that, let's, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan, and uh, the work that you've been doing until now and what you're doing now. Uh, so my name is Dan. I'm uh, the chief uh, DevOps architect at Develop. Develop is a consulting company which focuses mainly on DevOps consultation. Now, as the chief architect, I'm not uh, attached to one specific project. I'm, I'm kind of an observer and overseer on many different projects. And usually I'm brought in in the initial stages to kind of do a gap analysis on the company before we begin the project. When you hire a company like Develop to for any kind of project, uh, 
build a CICD pipeline, move to Kubernetes, move to the cloud, anything like that, we don't just do um, a, 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 the task that you ask us. We also want to review everything that you have and give you suggestion and not only perform the feature that you wanted, but can give you extra benefits for that. And that's what I'm brought in. Uh, I can give some consultation, some advice on things I saw before. And that's why I have so many crazy stories that I saw over the, over the years. Not, and that's why you're wearing the dumpster fire t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Not only to promote the DevOps days. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So um, again, we're talking about common security mistakes that uh, startups and you know growing companies make. Um, what was the first you know step that you took once you heard going back to your story? What was the first step that you took to make sure that they're uh, you know they're fixing this you know this mistake that you know what are the ways what how did they start securing their infrastructure and their environments? So what we did was the first thing we talked to them about it and talked about the implication of the security breach we had. Because just fixing and just changing the username, password, and maybe um, private IP, it won't solve the issue because in the future, they will do it again. And the thing is to remember about, about, about this behavior is that it's something ingrained in the company. The company always had a culture of password can be public and IPs can't be public. If we change the culture from the beginning and said security is not something that happens in, 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 in the future. Security is something that happens now. We must take care of it now, and then we can build something good on top of it. Once we had that, once we had them understand that, then we could change the password. And we knew that in the future, if they build another database, the database will be out of protect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, security first is definitely the way we look at it. And uh, also one of the reasons why this podcast and this community came about is because we're trying to help developers see security as an integral part of building their applications and infrastructure, not just an afterthought. So um, continuing on in this common theme, what are some of the other basic uh, problems that you're seeing from a security perspective that startups are, are having pains with? Uh, I can say that another common uh, mistake, and that one is more of a business um, oriented, is most companies don't understand the, the business value of putting VPN at the start. Now, if your company is two, three people, they all work from the same office from where we work, then you don't really need the VPN. But as your company grows, as you have more and more people, more and more production, and, and again, separate the production, uh, the place that people work from where the infrastructure actually exists on the cloud, then you need to have the VPN access to it. Not because it gives you certain business value now, but because it can save you a lot of money in the future. Because once you go really big, hackers will start finding you. And if you don't have VPN at the time, I saw companies getting shutdowns for weeks and months at a time while they were trying to fix some basic breaches without doing an overhaul of the whole system. And it was, it's really, you, you put money now to save it later. So usually VPN is something that people uh, skip over and say, okay, we'll take care of it later. And when later comes to say, why didn't we do it now? And and of course, a, a v, a, a, of course, a VPN isn't just, um, you know, paying a provider and saying, okay, here, now we put a VPN, uh, uh, you know, in our, in our infrastructure or in our, uh, you know, 
in an organization, you still have to set, there are a lot more settings and a lot more configurations to deal with behind a VPN. What are, what are some of those other configurations that you see um, that are not done correctly from setting up a VPN? Uh, that's, that's a really interesting question. And I have to say that a lot of time people think about the needs of the VPN they need from now and don't think about how to scale the solution to more and more people and to more and more countries. Because one of the things that we saw in the past uh, two or three years is that a lot of the workforce that we, that we use in companies in Israel and in the United States also moved to Europe, to Eastern Europe, and, and uh, even to, to, and to England and, and USA. And you need a way for everybody to work together as a team and have a, a, a seamless workforce, a work process and, and able to access things securely. And so maybe if you have a Buddhist solution that you have right now that is fitting for the team in Israel, it won't fit as well for team in Ukraine or England. And another thing that we have to worry about that is um, sometimes people put in complex systems just to have job security. <laughs> uh, it happens a lot. And, sure. and we always have to worry about once you implement security solution, security solution is supposed to be simple. The simpler they are, the easier for the users to, to, to manage them and to, to use them. Because if a solution is very complex, a lot of times the user will say, you know what, I can't handle that, I'll do it, I'll do it my way and I'll hack it I'll hack around. So if you have something that is simple, you have more users that are going to use it and use it correctly. Got it, got it. Okay, so going back to uh, some more common problems, what are some of the other uh, simple, simple things to fix, I guess, even, but maybe not, uh, basic problems that you're, you're seeing and, and, uh, issues that come up. So another common problem is what I talked about before it's secrets and people don't know how to, um, encrypt their secrets and they don't know why the encryption is so important and think about how big the problem is, is that, uh, AWS, the biggest infrastructure cloud provider there is the bot that continually scan all public GitHub repos for AWS access keys, because they know that people will put it there and they continue to close it. So instead of putting the, putting the trust in the developers that will, that will secure it, they decided to build a bot that continuously scans millions upon millions of repos just to say this thing will be more secure. So people have a tendency to write passwords on a piece of paper uh, or in, in, the, in our case, in a virtual paper in a sun URL and forget about it. And again, this is more of a culture thing because once uh, you, you teach everybody in the beginning how to treat passwords and have a system that is simple enough to use and HashiCorp Vault or Achilles Vault, anything that, like that, something that's simple for the users to use and, and they will put it to secrets there. And another thing that, that I discovered is once you have a simple secret system that is shareable between people, it's really easy to open new, new systems because I open the system in my, in my computer, I put the separate secrets in a shareable vault somewhere on the cloud and everybody on my team can see it and everybody can use it really, really easily, including OTP and things like that. Great. Yeah. So for sure, obviously secrets is a, a lot more complex than, uh, than just putting in the system. Uh, and there's obviously a lot that we could get into on that front, <clears throat> but, uh, I, I think that 
you know, secrets is definitely one of those topics that isn't talked about enough in general. Um, do you see often sort of in the uh, customers that you work with on a regular basis, do you see that they sort of put secrets as like a, a side, uh, you know, project or do you see anyone that really takes hold of everything and, and puts it at the forefront and says, look, we really need to make sure our keys and our credentials are, are secured? I think most of the companies at the beginning um, treat secrets like to their own secrets. People use the same password or anything. Usually it's the name of the company with, with the current year or something like that. Uh, in the best case, they capitalize the first letter. But then comes the dreaded moment of the SOC 2 compliance or any other sort of security compliance. And whenever I understand, they can't just go about it and, and, and take it for granted, the security and the secrets that they have. And then they have to change all the secrets. Now, if your company is, again, five people and you have free uh, microservices, changing the security is, is easy. But what if your company is 50? What if you have 150 microservices that use all different passwords, if any change your password and don't know what's gonna break and it's in production and people are screaming you all over the phone. If we treat the secrets right from the start then something something we don't have to worry about later. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great point. So um, are there any other common problems that, uh, that you're seeing that you wanted to uh, bring up as well? Oh, uh, another common problem is something uh, a bit less expected. And I'm going to talk about monitoring. Now, usually when people talk about monitoring, they think about performance or uh, things like that, how, how well the, the host is behaving or how many uh, requests we have for the service itself. But monitoring also applies to the security monitoring of, of the different systems. Think about if somebody tries to uh, DDoS your service, you will see this indirectly affected, you will see directly in the monitoring uh, the, the, the attack and you will know how to behave accordingly. Uh, what if you have a service that's supposed to handle two or three customers, but it's working like crazy, 150%. Somebody hacked into it. Somebody is using for things we don't want to use. We're talking about infrastructure that's in the cloud. What if you have a GPU host but suddenly it's working like crazy. Probably somebody is using it to mine cryptocurrency. You need to worry about these things. You need to watch them. And again, these things cannot be done in hindsight. They have to be done right from the start. That way, when something happens, you know about it immediately. Because the thing that we need to understand about our system today is as the company grows, the system grows more and more complex. And when the system is more complex, you can't know what's happening in it we have to monitor things right from the beginning. Yeah, that's uh, another huge, huge topic. Of course, StatsCraft is <laughs> all about that stuff. Um, you know, we talk about monitoring, obviously these days we're, we're talking more with, we use puts kind of synonymous terms, right? Monitoring and observability. Um, what, what do you see? Where is the, that line between what, where monitoring starts, what observability takes care of, why observability is so important? Wow, it's a great question. Well, in order to understand what's happening from our system, we need to have the three pillars of, of observability in place. We need to have a, the ability to see the metrics, we need to be able to see the logs, and we need to see uh, the, life, the life process of a single request, basic aka tracing from one end of the system to the other. Once we have that information, 
and we can uh, interpret it and understand what the system is doing, we can, we can predict how it will behave in different situations. We can also predict how it will behave in the future in the case of, uh, you know, suddenly uh, people working from home, somebody, something nobody expected, but because of good observability, uh, Google and AWS were able to put great hosts for us and be able to work from home. And everybody was very, very happy about that. And observability not only helps us grow, but it also helps us understand what the system is doing right now. And that kind of information helps us be better developers and helps us uh, create the features that will help us right now. Got it. Great stuff. So one of the questions that, or the question that I like to ask all of my guests uh, for the final question of the episode is what are uh, one or two uh, ideas that you would say um, are really important for developers to try and, you know, put into their daily workflows that's, you know, looking at security first um, which is something they can do that's not going to take too much of their time um, and, and too much space in their head, you know, something that they can implement pretty easily that's sort of basic security. And I don't know if, uh, for me, my mantra is always I try to keep uh, with everything I build uh, the three S's in my head. The, S, the first S is secure, the second is simple, and the third is scalable. Once I have that, I know it's a feature I can bring over to the, to, for a code review and something that we, we can put in production. But always keep in your mind that culturally, anything that you build can be, can be a, go to production and has to be secure. Especially when people talk to you about something that they need as a workaround for now. Most of the times, the most basic security breaches that I saw is something that people said, oh, that's a workaround, we're gonna we get rid of it in a month. And two, three years later, it was still there because it was working. And while something is working, we never replace it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I mean, I, there should be some sort of red flag, I think in every developer's head, when we say, oh yeah, I have a workaround for that. Or yeah, we're just, you know, temporarily doing this for now, instead of, you know, what we could be doing. So really, I think, that should be something that every developer should look at as, wait, we shouldn't be using these words at work. At the moment you say the word temporary or workaround, you should already be thinking, wait, security issue. Awesome. Okay, Dan, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Um, we actually did this one on short notice. So uh, it's really, really cool. Um, I think that uh, I learned a lot. Uh, about some basics that uh, should really be looked at uh, for every startup and every company looking to to grow. Uh, so uh, thank you for coming on the show and I had a really great time and I will look forward to seeing you at either Statscraft and or any of our future events here uh, over in Israel and um, have a really great one and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you very much. I'm happy to see you too and talk to you soon. Have a good one.